are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to Locked On Brewers, brought to you by the Locked On Podcast Network. We talk about your favorite teams every day. I am your host, Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. Also, make sure you follow at Locked On Brewers and subscribe to the Locked On Brewers podcast wherever you get your podcast. Also, if you have any questions you'd like discussed on the podcast, you can email us at lockdownbrewers at gmail.com. Really appreciate all the emails coming in uh, and reading those. Appreciate the feedback on the show and the suggestions for things that you want discussed on the podcast so please keep sending those in i really do enjoy going through those so i do appreciate the emails Um, so again if you do have anything you'd like discussed on the show uh, please email us at lockdownbrewers at gmail.com i'll continue to do my best to use my 10 plus years of covering baseball to bring you interesting and thoughtful insight on your milwaukee brewers i appreciate your patience with me as we get this show going uh, and as we get geared up for the season. I do appreciate all of the uh, comments and all of the feedback that you guys have given me. I uh, really do appreciate it here as we're now, um, I believe, six or seven, or eight, uh, six or seven episodes into this. Um, so really just enjoying uh, my time on the podcast, really enjoying getting to know a lot of you better, and I do appreciate all the downloads of the podcast, all the, the subs, uh, subscribing you've done on Spotify, on iTunes, uh, really has been humbling, and just uh, appreciate all of the support that you have given me. On the last episode, we looked at uh, how the Brewers could respond to the Nolan Arenado trade, which unfortunately has now gone official. Nolan Arenado is a part of the St. Louis Cardinals. It still hurts to say that, hurts to think that, and especially after finding out the full details of the trade, it really hurts um, even more. The trade was even more lopsided than we originally thought. Uh, the prospects that the Rockies got back were very insignificant, especially when you're dealing with one of the the best players in all of baseball the return that they got was just laughable on top of that the fact that they were throwing in around 50 million dollars and then we found out that the Rockies are pretty much paying for all of 2021 or excuse me they are paying for all of 2021 his entire salary uh, which basically means if he opts out after the season that the Cardinals essentially got uh, Arenado for free other than the the prospects that they gave up which again um, none of them were really highly regarded prospects so I'm going to try and move on from that because it's just uh, painful to think about and even talk about uh, how that trade went down again the only thing I can think of is that Arenado made it clear that St. Louis was the only place he wanted to go and it's the only place he would accept a trade and in that kind of tied the Rockies hands that's the only thing I can think of is why the Rockies would make this deal. Otherwise, it's just a terrible move for the Rockies, a terrible trade for that franchise. But uh, it is what it is, as they say. And now Arenado is part of the Cardinals, and we'll have to deal with him in the NL Central. As I talked about on the last episode, on the last podcast, and if you haven't listened to that, please go back and do so. But my feelings on the upcoming season for the Brewers have not changed. I still believe this team is good enough if you get the right pieces in to help out the offense. I believe this team is still good enough to win the Central, even with Arenado on the Cardinals. So I think 
you know, the, the game plan going forward should stay the same. I think the expectations for the Brewers should stay the same. So that doesn't sway me at all, the fact that the Cardinals landed Arenado. Um, and and of, of, from your responses that I got from you on Twitter when I asked that question, it hasn't swayed you either. You still believe uh, that the Brewers should be going for the NL Central, and hopefully, hopefully – uh, the Brewers agree. Hopefully they listen to the podcast and, and, and look at our comments on Twitter because uh, I think this team still has the talent, still has the core to win. Um, as, as I said numerous times, I'm expecting big bounce-back seasons from a lot of the, the players on offense. You just – and that's another thing too. I don't know. Some of you may have seen the Vakoda projections for the Brewers that were sent out. They're just horrendous to even think about to – Think about the fact that they have Yelich projected to be a 266 hitter. It is just I, I can't I can't imagine what kind of system spit that number out for for Yelich, um, who's been one of the better hitters throughout his entire career. He's been very consistent, other than what was an unusual 2020 season. Uh, I, I expect nothing you know short of another MVP type season for Yelich and to think that he's all of a sudden going to become a 266 hitter is just embarrassing that they would even publish that and put that out but anyways going into the news of today I want to talk about the recent league proposal um, that was sent to the MLB Players Association for the upcoming season uh, which was quickly rejected on the last podcast we already had heard rumblings that the players were most likely going to reject the offer and they, it now has official that they did and it really was you know never in question um, the biggest thing in the proposal that the players didn't like is basically there was some language in there that would grant commissioner rob manfred um, expansive powers to cancel games basically giving rob manfred even more control which is just a scary thought with the, what he's done with the game so far uh, i tried not to be too hard on manfred in the beginning uh, being stuck in the middle like that between the owners and the players can't be a great place to be in but he just continues to let down the game of baseball to let down the fans who make the game of baseball possible um, so i really I uh, have no leeway with him anymore, and to give him more control of the situation um, is just not a smart move. So I can understand why the players wouldn't want to agree to that. Now, um, the the league did come back and say they would they would take that, you know, they would negotiate that um, out, and perhaps not give him that authoritative power like that. Maybe negotiate some more unilateral. Um, conversations and canceling games and whatnot but um, the other part of this too that really gets me is that the proposal that the league gave on Friday was the first time that they have offered full pay for a shortened season to the players um, and this is you know obviously 154 games that's just you know eight games less than the normal season so it's not like it's a huge deal but the league did offer full pay for what is essentially a shortened season and that's just too late in the game to make that to make that proposal the players have made it clear from the beginning that they would not you know accept any proposal that wasn't going to give them full pay um, especially you know after what the prorated pay that they got for playing in a 2020 season when they were you know basically one of the first uh, leagues out there to put their health uh, on the line and going out and play and do that 
uh, for the league, and they did, and took a prorated salary, they weren't going to do that again. And and they made that very clear from the beginning. Um, and so for for the league to just now make that proposal two weeks before spring training is to begin um, is it, just is not good good tactic. Um, it it smells of something bad from the league to do that. It smells like they're trying to um, put, point a lot of blame at the players at this point, saying we tried to give you what you wanted. Uh, yeah, but you waited for the last minute to do it when you knew players were already making plans to be at spring training. You knew they had already booked flights, made reservations, and 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 the league also said that they would help pay for for that to accommodate that as well. But there's just it's way too late in the game to try to pull off something of that nature. Um, if you would have done this back in December, maybe even early January, then it would make some sense. But to do it now um, just screams to me uh, that this was a, a ploy by the league to make the players look bad, to make it look like they're putting themselves ab- above the health and safety of those around them. If that would have been the case, they would have made this proposal a long time ago, way, to, way back, and then the players you know, would have had... Uh, something to think about, something to even counter on. Uh, and that was another point of this too. A lot of people thought maybe the, the players should have countered, but again, that's just going to lead to more back and forth, more negotiations. Meanwhile, players are already heading to their respective spring, tra- spring training sites to gear up for the upcoming season. And there are serious injury concerns, especially with pitchers. We saw all the pitchers that got injured uh, last year in 2020 as they got ramped up, got cooled off as they got shut down and then got ramped up quickly again we saw a number of pitcher injuries and that's basically what players are worried of having happening again especially if you you shorten the season uh, if you delay it a month and then try to still cram in 154 games with a lot more off days it just opens up the potential for more injuries and that was the biggest reason why the players uh, didn't want to accept this proposal and why they just are going to go ahead with what has already been agreed upon in the CBA. Uh, again, there is no no delay of the season. The The CBA has been set. The only way the season can be shut down or canceled now is if uh, the government makes an official mandate about it. So the season is on. It's set to, to start on time. Brewers, pitchers, and catchers will be reporting two weeks from uh, this Thursday. So to me, that's exciting. Can't wait uh, to have some actual news on the field to talk about. So, um, you know, whatever your your feelings are on the health and safety of this, and, and there is growing concern for that, but uh, to have baseball back out there uh, to give us something to, to talk about, to, to watch, to get excited about, I, I can't wait for uh, to see the Brewers out there, to see them in spring training, getting geared up for the season and hopefully seeing some new faces as well. And that's what we're going to talk about next. We're going to look at some of the free agent rumors out there, some of the stuff going on uh, with the Brewers, where the Brewers Brewers have been linked. But before we do that, I want to tell you about our friends at Built Bar. If you're looking for a fantastic tasting protein bar, then look no further. Built Bar has a ton of great flavors that make make it feel more like a candy bar than a protein bar. 
It's not just your standard chocolate or peanut butter protein bars. They have a wide variety of flavors, including some of my personal favorites like the peanut butter brownie and the cookies and cream. Uh, my wife loves the carrot cake with walnuts, but they also have flavors like almond toffee mint and dark chocolate raspberry. Uh, flavors that you don't normally get in protein bars, something that makes it really unique tasting. Uh, Built Bar protein bars are not as hard as rock like other protein bars. You bite into them, it has a, a soft middle uh, that's easy to get down. Uh, again, it's not, not hard as a rock like a lot of other protein bars, something that I really enjoy uh, about the Built Bar protein bars. Um, and they're also very good for you, with most of them only having about five net carbs. So they're really great you know, to take before a workout or even just as a meal replacement in the morning, which is when I, I like to eat them. Uh, but you can really eat these anytime as they're good tasting and good for you. So make sure that you go to BuiltBar.com today. Try a bunch of different flavors. Figure out which ones are your favorites. And then go back to BuiltBar.com. Use the promo code LOCKEDON for 20% off your next order. Again, just go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKEDON. This episode is also brought to you by our friends at RockAuto.com. There are so many different makes and models of automobiles these days, it's impossible to stock all the parts your car will ever need in your traditional chain store. So I worry with the hassle of answering a bunch of questions about your car at a chain store and just hoping that they have the parts that you need when you have the inventory of rockauto.com right there in your pocket. All you gotta do is pull out your cell phone, find the make and model of any kind of part your car will need, uh, there are so many different reasons to maintain your automobile these, these days, but the biggest one is obviously to save you money so that you can spend your money on more important things. Why would you choose to spend 30, 50, sometimes even 100% for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? Just head on over to rockauto.com right there on your phone, search for the parts you need, buy them, have them shipped to you, and just wait for them to arrive. So go to rockauto.com right now, see all the parts available for your vehicle, and when you're there, do us a favor and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know we sent you. Again, amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news that you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcasts. All right, in the second uh, segment here, again, I want to look at some free agent uh, news and topics. Again, if you missed the podcast, I did uh, several back now a couple of weeks ago. I looked at some of the, the top free agents out there that I thought the Brewers should be interested in. One of them was Tommy LaStella, who has now gone off the board to the Giants. The other top free agent that I thought the Brewers should be looking at is Marwin Gonzalez. And um, there is a little bit of rumblings on him. It was reported that there are six teams, or at least six teams, that are showing interest in Marwin Gonzalez. The Brewers were not mentioned among those six. The two teams that were um, mentioned in the report um, were the the um, were the Red Sox uh, and the Phillies, um, and again, I don't know who the rest of the teams are, but I do know that Marwin Gonzalez makes a a ton of sense for the Brewers. He can play both corner infield spots, is a switch hitter, um, and he's really been a a good hitter 
throughout uh, most of his career. Again, he's somebody that had a a down 2020 um, season. As I've said on here many times, I don't put a lot of stock into the 2020 season, whether good or bad. Um, you can't convince me that a player, you know, has regressed or improved um, simply over what is essentially a third of a baseball season. Um, it's just, it's not fair to the player um, to judge them that way. I mean, look at, again, Yelich is just the perfect case of somebody who's been great their entire career and then all of a sudden they're a 200 hitter. Uh, that's just, that doesn't make any sense. Baseball is meant to be played over a full 162 game schedule, uh, game season, and that's when you can really judge uh, the value of a player. There are ups and downs. There are peaks and valleys throughout any season. You could go look at a month or two stretch for just about any player and find where they're one of the best players in the game or whether they're one of the worst players in the game. So I don't put a lot of stock into 2020 numbers. Um, you go back to 2019, you know, Marvin Gonzalez was a, a 264 hitter, um, 15 home runs, you know, 736 OPS. You know, that's more the player that he's been, you know, throughout his career. Um, again, a 260 hitter, uh, that, that's his career. 261 career average, 729 career OPS. Somebody that can hit you anywhere from 15 to to 20 home runs. Uh, again, is it a is it a great option? Is it an exciting option? No. Um, well, I shouldn't say no. It, it is. It's a good option. Um, I, I will say that. It, is it an exciting option in terms of the name? Uh, probably not. It's probably not a name that a lot of Brewer fans are going to get excited about. But I think it is a player that would make a significant difference on the team and be a huge contributor uh, in the roster. Again, somebody that has that position flexibility that Stearns in the, the front office loves. So I think he makes a lot of sense in that regard. Um, you know, I still think... Justin Turner is the best option out there. Um, something else I, I did want to talk about in the league negotiations um, is that with the MLBPA rejecting the proposal, it means the DH is off the table for the moment. <laughs> Again, I say for the moment, there are still, you know, there's still time for them to negotiate it into the season. Uh, reading the article from Jeff Hassan on ESPN, you know, reminded me that. The expanded, the expanded postseason was slipped into there the day of opening day last year. I mean, literally hours before the first pitch was thrown for the 2020 season. So things are still in the air. Things can still change. But as of now, it's looking like there won't be a DH for the upcoming season. And that's significant you know, to the Brewers for several reasons, one of which is Ryan Braun. Um I think if there's not a DH this year, we probably hear of his retirement. If there is a DH, I think there's a good possibility that he comes back and tries to make one more go of it with the Brewers. But, you know, I think that really does weigh heavily into, into his decision of whether or not he comes back. Uh, another part of it, too, is Marcelo Zuna, somebody that the Brewers have been linked to um, and somebody that I think would – having a huge impact on the offense obviously and somebody I think would be a big signing for the Brewers but I don't know if you would make that signing and want to have an, an outfield of Ozuna and aging Lorenzo Cain 
and Christian Yelich. That just does not sound like a great recipe. And I understand the the outfield, you know, throwing Abacel Garcia out there, um, you know, isn't exactly great either. But um, you know, Zuna is is just not uh, not a good fit in left field. Really doesn't need to be in the field at this point of his career. But is a big bat would make a huge difference in the lineup if they were to get him. But again, if you know the DH isn't there for this season. I don't know how interested the Brewers are at that point. Um, the other part of that, too, is Daniel Vogelbach. Um, he, he, at this point, is the primary first baseman on the roster um, without the DH. Um, I think the Brewers were certainly hoping there was going to be a DH and he could help fill that role uh, as a left-handed you know, slugger there. Um, but now with no DH, he is the primary first baseman. So, you know, that the league or the, the players rejecting that pr- proposal had a lot of ramifications on the Brewers and how they address the rest of this offseason because uh, not having a DH is a significant, uh, has a significant impact in what they're going to do the rest of the way and could be why we have seen them drag their feet a little bit. So, my hope is that. <laughs> Now, at least, we can uh, move forward with the idea that there is not going to be a DH. You know, teams have been told to work that way the entire offseason. I understand that, but it's really hard to spend millions of dollars when you don't exactly know what the rules are going to be. And having a DH is huge for a National League team. Uh, and if they know that, it would, it would you know, change significantly the way that they handle the offseason and free agency and trade. So... It's it's just still it's really frustrating to me um, the way the whole process is is gone and I've I've said that before but you know to be here in February and the door is still open for a possible DH is is just ridiculous and um, but again hopefully this gives us a little more clarity uh, going forward and hopefully that will move the off season along a little bit more at this point but it does not look like there will be a DH which to me means that Vogelbach is a is a bench player and you're looking for a first baseman, which leads to another interesting bit of, I don't know if you want to call it news, but there was a quote in the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel um, basically from, from Stern saying that basically Keston Hira, you know, they believe he can play first base. Um, and it's something that, you know, is a possibility. And, you know, that was news to a lot of us, but... You know, it just goes to tell you they're not comfortable with Vogelbach at first base, and they're looking at other options internally and externally um, for somebody that can fill first base. I mean, if that's the way you want it to go, you could move Keston to first base, have Urias at second base, and and sign a third baseman. Um, if that's you know the way the Brewers wanted to go about it, so it really just opens up some more options that they have, but. I still I don't know how likely that is. It'll be interesting when we get to spring training to see if uh, Keston is taking reps over there at first base. I mean, it it wouldn't hurt. Um, it definitely wouldn't hurt to have another option. Again, as we have noted on numerous occasions, Stearns and company loves to have the players with uh, position flexibility like that. So um, it'll be interesting to see what they do in spring training, how they uh, handle Keston and whether or not they have him taking some reps over there at first base. But uh, I think the I think the plan is pretty clear now for 
the Brewers they are looking for first base or looking for a third baseman, possibly somebody that can play first base as well. Again, Marvin Gonzalez is somebody that fits that uh, criteria, which is why I think they they could be in on him. But we'll see how that market plays out. It does seem like uh, it's heating up a little bit, so maybe we can have a decision on him here in the next couple of days. The other big, uh, or I would say big, but the other piece of news is that um, the it was announced the Brewers um, signed Nathan pitcher Nathan Peter, uh, Patterson to a minor league deal, um, and you know. Uh, there's a tweet out there that shows him topping out at 96 with a changeup slider and a curveball. Um, it looks looks really good, and it's possible. You know, there's a, a little bit of upside there. So, uh, just another small minor league signing, possibly somebody that could have some upside there, somebody to keep an eye on. So, there was a little bit of movement for the Brewers this week uh, in far of signing players, but still not what we're hoping for, not what we're looking for. Um, I'm going to quit trying to predict because I thought the Brewers would have signed somebody a week ago, but I have a a pretty good feeling that by this weekend, the Brewers are going to sign somebody uh, to a major league deal of significance. That's what I'm, that's what I'm hoping. That's what I'm predicting here at locked on Brewers. So be sure to hit me up on Twitter at locked on Brewers or at shortstop ball or email us at LockdownBrewers at gmail.com to let me know uh, when I'm wrong and when the Brewers don't make that happen. But I'm feeling pretty confident we're going to have a signing of significance sometime this week. So when we do, I'll be sure to cover it here at Lockdown Brewers. So again, make sure you subscribe to the podcast. Make sure you follow us on Twitter um, for any time. Um, we got some topics to talk about. Again, I do appreciate all the feedback. I appreciate the discussions on Twitter and email. Uh, and I appreciate uh, all the, the support and suge- suggestions that you've been giving me since I've taken over the podcast. And please uh, keep those coming in. Again, I am Jake Mastriani. You can follow me on Twitter at shortstopball. And also make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Brewers Podcast wherever you get your podcast. And we'll talk to you next time. You are Locked On Brewers, your daily Milwaukee Brewers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.